Hello, and welcome back to Wrong Opinions Only. A little bit of a different podcast for you guys this week. Uh, you may have heard from, I mean, the last nine, ten months of podcasts, my beautiful wife, Caitlin, and I were expecting our first child, the little baby bash. So, Caitlin is on the podcast with me today to kind of talk about what we went through because... Unfortunately, there were complications right before we were able to deliver, and we just kind of wanted to talk it out and figured why not record it so that everybody really knows what we went through and hopefully, uh, you know, spread a little bit of awareness about this type of stuff. Thank you for joining the pod. I know this is going to be kind of a, uh, a difficult thing, so if you want to stop at any time, just let me know. Yeah, I'm glad it's not on video because I'm already tearing up so we'll talk our way through it (laughs) yeah so let's just kind of kick things off with we had our due date for our beautiful little baby boy Sebastian as we called him baby bash we I mean you've heard me on the podcast for months now we were very excited I think we were both just meant to be parents and could not wait we went through the IVF process my wife's been a champ through everything so many needles so many visits and oh my gosh all the needles <laughs> so many needles so many doctor's appointments and everything looked great we got to the due date she still didn't have the contraction so the doctor's like all right a few more days if uh you know you start getting contractions this frequent or water breaks give us a call that type of thing and we had an appointment like two days before everything happened right we had an appointment the Monday prior, or the day after our due date, and everything looked great. I have to say, you know, textbook, he was perfect, very wiggly, <laughs> moving all around, constantly kicking and just, uh, you know, boxing uh, mama's insides there. So, uh, <laughs> when that's since he moved around so much, it was very evident on uh a Wednesday, June, what was that, 21st, yep. where uh, you called me up from working downstairs saying, hey, I haven't noticed movement in a little while. I'm starting to freak out. And, you know, I sat with you for a little bit. We really focused to see if we could see any, like, micro movements. We did, you know, all of the tricks to get him to respond to me, which always worked before went on a walk had some ice cream tried to get some sugar in there and then you know we started kind of freaking out even more so called the doctor rushed to st joseph's hospital and you know i can't imagine what you were going through at that point because you started bawling like you almost knew when we got there that something was off yeah i was trying to not have it be real but yeah all I wanted to do was hear his heartbeat and unfortunately we couldn't get that yeah they they brought us into triage area tested for a heartbeat and did not hear anything so at that moment we just I you know we were in in shock didn't know what to do like couldn't believe this was real and 
you know, the people at St. Joe's were great through everything. The nurses, the doctors, they brought us into a private room. And, you know, this was 40 weeks, three days. Yep. So past the due date. So he was a big boy. She's fully <laughs> 10 months pregnant, you know, and it's just, it was a lot to deal with. They did a, another sano just to make, see if they could see anything on there and what could have caused it. Really no reasons to this point of what happened but little baby bash his heart stopped before he was able to come into this world and then we we sat there and you had to uh you had to deliver our massive baby boy (laughs) like knowing everything we went through i just that was that was brutal for me to just imagine and i could not like with him inside you going through that in that moment it definitely felt like the twilight zone it was a bit surreal going through it but you know like you said everyone really made sure that they could they made it as bearable as possible for us yeah they, they really did and it's i mean from what we can tell it's pretty much a fluke thing like this very rarely happens when you're full term if something like this happens usually it's earlier on in the uh, in the pregnancy but being 40 plus weeks and everything looking good on all the tests and all the sanos and all the stress tests, it just, you know, you start, why, why us? Why did this happen to us when we have wanted a baby for so long and we are so excited and we are great parents and will be great parents if we're lucky enough to have another child. It just, you know, the whole time, just not fair. And, frustrating to try not to get into that for me anyway that angry like why us why this doesn't make any sense mode i was trying to just be more supportive for you and you know like we keep saying the nurses we have friends and family were reaching out helping us out really providing support and 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 space when we needed it because you know when we were going through this i texted some people and i said just hey, something went wrong, don't text us or reach out for a couple days because what happened? We had a lot of friends. We had a lot of family reaching out every couple days. Oh, the due date was the 18th. Is is he here yet? How excited are you guys? And So many people, and that came from, I mean, the whole pregnancy we've had, you know, our whole community of support around us, excited, full of love, and ready for this moment. So, and that, Love did carry on and kind of help us through. But, yeah, it was definitely tough for a little while, kind of just responding to messages with hearts and love. And, you know, I didn't have that same level of anger. It hasn't come to me. I'm not sure why, but it, you know, it's just, heartbreaking and a total shift in our reality and what we expected versus how things turned out um but you know there's so much love for him and I mean we dreamed up the perfect little baby and he (laughs) came out that way yeah and you know he was uh delivered June 22nd at 6 33 I think was the final timing 
and labor is no joke guys yeah she uh she was feeling some pain some pretty big contractions and then uh they doped her up pretty good to try to alleviate it once we got to the the major pushing portion of uh, your delivery here but physically i was not feeling pain (laughs) thank you anesthesiologist And you delivered just our perfect little boy, the cutest baby you've ever seen. And we're not biased. This is just scientific fact. Cutest baby you've ever seen. (laughs) He was born at 9 pounds, 15 ounces, so nearly 10 pounds, 22 inches long, nearly 2 foot tall, and 10 pounds. (laughs) Oh my gosh, when you say it like that, nearly (laughs) 2 feet tall, yep, 22 inches. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not a tall person. <laughs> no. Everyone in the hospital, when Justin had to go, you know, meet his mom in the hallway or something, anyone who saw that him knew whose baby he belonged to. They were like, oh, that tall guy that... Oh, it's the 6'3 the... guy that's walking around here, like, uh, crying <laughs> all day? Yep, that guy. <laughs> the big baby and the poor wife who's five four on a good day and one of the things we had uh we were able to have both of our mothers there during the whole process which i think was helpful probably pretty difficult but you know they wanted to be there and after he was born we were able to get some photos with him spend a little bit of time and then one of the nurses or the head of the nurses reached out to a photographer who was phenomenal and she has a uh, not-for-profit, and she was available. So she came by to really kind of do a nice little photo shoot of us with baby Bash. And, you know, it was tough to think about it in that moment of, hey, do you want to do this? But I am so glad that we said yes, because those photos are great. I mean, she was so nice, so kind, very understanding. And this not-for-profit is, like, specifically for situations that uh, families are going through like this. Yeah, so the photographer, Jennifer Phillips, her non-profit portion is Always Love. And it's part of her Root and Wander photography. And like you said, it was so hard to kind of process in the moment. Um, And we just said yes, we were trying to... At least I was trying to take in every moment yeah. with him that I had. But now we have these beautiful, beautiful pictures and so we can admire we his face. Yeah, it was just so nice to look back on those and cry pretty much every time and, you know, get a couple framed and put in the, uh, the nursery because... You know, he, he was our firstborn son. He was uh, he was part of us and, you know, best parts of us. And also the only boy name we could agree on, Sebastian. So great name, Baby Bash. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was really difficult to go through, especially um, the day when we were leaving the hospital. You know, having to leave with, you know, the car seats in the car and not being able to take our little guy home was was brutal but you know we had um, (laughs) let it out girl this is tough (laughs) no matter what and we had friends and family constantly you know sending us food and flowers and 
you know, you're in our thoughts, cards and messages and really helping out in any way they could mowing the lawn, you know, taking the dogs for a walk, whatever, just to you know, take a little bit off of our plate. Cause we also had to figure out what we were going to do, like funeral services, if we were going to keep it low key and, and that's kind of the mode I had to get into like right after everything just I need to get this figured out before it falls by the wayside or we don't get to kind of remember him the way we want yeah and I think all of those things just really helped allow us to kind of be and still you know at this point be in our feelings and just focus on making those decisions they took the kind of other everyday burdens of life away from our plate and I you know think as hard as it was to go through planning a little family burial it really kind of helped us sit into the reality of our loss and he had a he has a beautiful place and a children's garden and St. Mary's uh, Cemetery over by the church that we got married in they have a little children's garden section in the back corner that's very peaceful and nice and he's got a primo spot underneath the tree and it's really you know everybody we worked with to kind of plan this was very understanding of the situation we were going through it helped us out immensely so it it was tough to kind of be ready for that but i i think it was good to have a very we had a very small service you know what 10 maybe 15 like close family members and that was about it and it gave us time to enjoy some of the fun things the cute things about him you know being with our family at the funeral with the pictures getting to see how he absolutely has your nose which is one of the things I asked for thank you Good job. Also, I think my feet, his feet were oh my huge. Gosh. These nurses were like, holy crap, these are big feet for a newborn. Yep. Yep. We um, we ended up putting him in a three-month-old outfit. A little big, but uh, the, uh, <laughs> the very newborn ones were a little too small for him. No chance of fitting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he was just such a, a perfect little little guy. He had your... Your eyebrows, also your sense of timing as he uh, was past the due date there. So, And, you know, we have been trying to toss around ideas of a way to kind of uh, something in his honor or memory going forward. And we're going to start looking at potentially putting together uh, maybe like a yearly volleyball tournament or something and just try to really raise money for a good organization or cause uh, once we start digging into that a little more. But right now, you're only, what, three and a half weeks postpartum. It's yeah. it's really, it's weird because it's felt like it was a couple days ago and it also felt like it was six months ago. Like time has just been such a blur over the last month that just everything's kind of thrown off its axes. Yeah, time is usually a little bit off for me for anyone who knows me, but this time has been very weird. And I do have to remind myself that I'm only three and a half weeks, you know, post delivering a 10 pound (laughs) 
our 10 pound son. Um, and my body reminds me of it when I try and do a little too much or, you know, whatever. And we were also reminded with a nice gift, a Walter's bear where it's customized to the weight of your child. And when I first opened it up, you know, of course I teared up and cried. It's so beautiful and sweet and, you know, hard. But then as I went to lift it, I could not believe (laughs) that it was actually only 10 pounds. Um, And Justin, you had kind of the same reaction too. Yeah, I was like, there's no way you carried this uh, heavy of a baby in your (laughs) body for 10 months. It felt so heavy and it's a a teddy bear. So the weight's more concentrated in a specific spot, which I think adds to it. But I was just like, holy crap, our guy was huge. Like the photos even, like he's my entire forearm, you know, as opposed to when we first uh, would hang out with our nieces it's like fit in the palm of my hand when they were like a couple months old and he's uh right out of the womb and already taken up my entire arm probably would have been a seven foot basketball star let's just go with that no he would have definitely played tennis he would have been a tennis star yeah he was amazing so i'm sure he would have been great in whatever he uh he chose to do it's just uh it's been a lot to deal with as we keep saying but you know there's no real other words to express what we've been going through and you know when we got home from the hospital we i set up the uh the big old air mattress in the living room between the couches and we pretty much laid on that with the dogs and animals for you know the first week or two and just watch movies and tvs out the wazoo to just keep our mind off of things because I don't know about you, but for me, it was just coming in waves. You know, something would remind you, you just get a thought in your head and start tearing up or crying. And there was no reason for it. Sometimes it just happens. And I think that's just going to continue happening probably for the rest of our lives and just maybe get a little less frequent. But it's uh, been difficult. But um, what is the, I guess, the main reason that you wanted to talk about this on the pod? Well, I think that in, you know, true to form with you, we had the entertainment world to kind of take us away and into different mindsets and, you know, between Netflix and all of the streaming sites, we got a lot of different types of movies, comedies, period pieces, And some that were just terrible to watch in that moment because somebody in the movie is going through what we went through but had a better outcome. So then we'd just be like, are you freaking kidding me that this just happened? Because it was like in two or three of the first movies we watched. Yeah, you know, like, oh no, the heartbeat. And then, you know, after five minutes of stress, it all resolves well for the character. And so we had some shared, oh, come on. Are you serious? (laughs) reactions so why don't we uh we kind of try to pivot this episode a little bit and we can talk about some of the things we watched uh right after we got home and any any movies or tv shows that we would recommend that sound good to you sounds good all right so if you have listened to this podcast before 
I watch a ton of TV and movies. It's just what I do. You know, get out of your own head, go into a new world, or just critically think about something, or sometimes just trash reality TV. But since we got home, or I guess since we went to the hospital that day on June 21st, I have noted, because I keep track this year of the movies I've watched, I have watched 30 movies since June 21st. We are recording this on July 16th. So three and a half weeks, I've watched 20 movies. And some of these I watched without you, but I'll Wait, say- 20 or 30? 30 I've watched, but I'm saying you probably watched like 20 to 25 of those. Yeah, maybe. Some mm-hmm. of them I used as sleep time. Oh, well, thank you, dear. <laughs> so let me just run through a quick list of all the... Mo- We're just going to go movies because there's also TV shows, but we don't want to bog this down too much. We watched Bros in the Hospital, the Billy Eichner film. This is Where I Leave You, Please Stand By, Master Commander, The Boy Downstairs, Guardians of the Galaxy, Extraction, Chef, Greenland, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Woman in the Window, Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones, No Hard Feelings in Theaters, Pirates, Dead Man's Chest, National Treasure, Pirates at World's End, Pirates on Stranger Tides, uh, James Bond, Quantum of Solace, Pirates, Dead Men Tell No Tales, The Princess Bride, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in theaters, Mission Impossible 1, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3, Pitch Perfect, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol, and Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. You may be able to sense something that I've been trying to get through series of movies that I've never watched all the way through, like The Pirates, like The Mission Impossibles, like The James Bonds. Of all those that I just listed, dear... Which jump out to you as biggest recommendations or one that had the biggest impact on you since we've been home? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to start by not answering your question. Uh, always. That's my how way. you roll. Yep. Um, I skipped out on the Mission Impossibles. My sister and I caught a couple of the last 15 minutes of a couple of them, but skip. Those are so cheesy. and Not nearly as cheesy as the James Bonds. Like yeah. Another Bonds. skip. I'm sorry, James Bond, no. Also, Indiana Jones you skipped out on. I did, even though I love the ride at Disney in California. Always have to recommend my favorite movie, um, which you saw for the first time. The first time all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces, and I did not remember much of it, honestly. But the classic, Princess Bride. Good. I will say it's good because it is so in on its joke, but... Wow, some of those sets or like just special effects were so bad. It looked like a play out there in some spots. Yeah, the fact hey, that they were it's in an on old the, movie. Well, and they were in on the joke. So it kind of makes it funnier when it's, you know, oh, I'm going to go Montoya and I am here to kill you. And it's just, you know what the references are from, or at least I did, but I've never seen the whole thing all the way through. Oh, yeah. And the names and just, I love, you know, the kid from the Wonder Years being Ben Savage, yeah. The sick boy in bed is grandpa reading to him, and I love the way they cut it at, like, a kissy scene. (laughs) It's just, it's perfect. It's one of the few that I've held on to on VHS. Wow. Real VHS Yeah, we have so many DVDs, and now you're throwing out VHSs. Correction, you have so, I mean, I guess they're mine because we're married, but... (laughs) They, they are yours. You better not divorce me. The amount of money that I have in those DVDs is probably like up to like $42. Ooh. Yeah, out of the 300 that we have or whatever. All right, so uh, The Princess Bride, great choice. We watched that the other day. Pitch Perfect was 
pretty recent where I was just like, I just want to have a, a fun movie to watch. And that was a good choice. Which is not streaming. You have to buy it. So we, your DVDs did come to the rescue. You're welcome. See, that's why you buy Blu-rays, people. Because one out of every 12 movies is not streaming and you want to watch it. And then we saw No Hard Feelings in theaters. The new Jennifer Lawrence kind of raunchy rom-com, but not really raunchy. What were your thoughts on that one? I liked it. Um, it was definitely just what I needed in that moment. Um, we saw it about a week after we came home from the hospital. And yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, I like her acting. She's good. And the whole vibe just brought me back to old school. Like 2000s rom-coms, just exactly. having fun. Like movies that don't get made like that anymore. Yeah, and so it was just everything I needed in a movie in that moment. And she is such a good comedic actress. Like, she is, if she can be a little kind of sassy with it, but also give off a good, good performance, it seems like that's, like, the perfect lane for her. But I don't recall her doing a lot of, like, comedies. You know, uh, you know, you think Hunger Games, you think Silver Linings Playbook, I guess, had a comedic tilt to it. But she's such a good actress, and she takes on these very serious indie roles. But let's see her doing like some more of this kind of fun, out-of-the-box stuff I, I think I would enjoy. Yeah, just a little, I was going to say loose as a person, <laughs> as a character, but that's not the right word. But you know what I mean. Yes. And if you have not seen No Hard Feelings, the just high-level premise, we won't give any spoilers here, is... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is, what, 30, 32, and she's down on her luck, and she needs needs uh, money, and this uh, rich family offers to pay her or give her a car in order to date their son, because he's very socially awkward and doesn't, like, go out or make friends, so she's supposed to, like, bring him out of his shell, and he's a super kind of, like, dorky weirdo guy, and she is, you know, and then they start kind of having a real connection. That's the basic premise of the story. And I will say that he is 19, so he is of age in the movie, so they're not... <laughs> he hurting. is, and you would think it would feel a little creepy because the parents are, you know, alluding to what they want for their son, what her... Not, not to be a virgin when he goes to college, essentially, yeah. Right, to be ready. So you would think it's creepy, but it's really... It works well in the film. Their relationship and chemistry works well in that role. And they bring you for a little rom-com ride. <laughs> rom-com ride. There we go. <laughs> and Bros is another one I just wanted to bring up here. We watched that in the hospital the night before you gave birth. And that's the Billy Eichner, Luke McFarlane one. You know, it's like a, a gay rom-com, right? Which you don't see a ton of, which was pretty interesting. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like I saw a lot of promotions for that movie when it originally came out. And then I kind of missed it. Um, it was really funny, and again, it took our minds to a different place at the hospital. That was a good movie. Definitely recommend. So I'm on the opposite side. It was fine to take your mind out of things for me, but I thought it was pretty heavy-handed in the comedy, just, just hitting you over the head with it. Not very subtle. I am not big on the Billy Eichner kind of, the way he does comedy. It's very, like, loud, boisterous in your face. That's not really my style. I did laugh quite a bit during the movie, but I wish it had, I don't know, more of a story to it as opposed to like, oh, okay, this is happening. Okay, he's being really loud and ridiculous again, so let's laugh. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, you were also sitting there the whole time going, okay, this is what's going to happen next, which you typically do. And some movies can pull it off when it's predictable and oh, still well done. Oh, I crushed it on Bros. It was very predictable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a rom-com that you can predict pretty much every movie or every move coming in the movie later on. And yeah, my wife hates it because I'm like, okay, this is where they're going to break up in the next scene or two. And oh, then they're going to get back together with five minutes to go. And then they're going to... And that's just how it all plays out. So I was hoping for a little bit more of like a, not like a twist, like a thriller, but a little bit off the beaten path would have been nice for me. But I think the standout part of it is it's solid. Yes, it's in your face, but it's a solid gay rom-com. It was perfect for when we watched it, where we needed to laugh and we needed just like to turn our brains off and just watch the movie for a little bit. So perfect timing to watch it which brings me to the next movie that my mother recommended oh gosh <laughs> this is where i leave you it's on netflix it's like 10 years old 2014 jason bateman tina fey and jane fonda adam driver rose byrne connie Britton, katherine hahn dax shepherd Tim- timothy oliphant just a loaded cast and she's like it's such a good movie you gotta watch it so we're like okay cool we turn it on pretty good i'm liking it i'm liking the vibe and then what happens, dear? Jason Bateman's wife, her character, is pregnant, is worried, goes, they can't find the heartbeat, but it's all okay. And she lost a child earlier, like, uh, in her relationship with Bateman. So it kind of hits you twice, like, oh, we lost a kid, and now their marriage is falling apart, and oh, I'm having another kid and potentially losing them again. So we were like, are you freaking kidding? I texted my mom like, mom, what the hell? The situation we're going through is happening in this movie. Why would you recommend this the day after? I'm pretty sure we started that while I was going through contractions, but then my contractions ramped up so quickly that we kind of put it to the side and came back to it when we got home. Um, And I had seen that movie before. And I liked it the first time I watched it. It's a good movie. It's really good, just not what we wanted to watch at oh, that moment. Oh, it just was like, what the heck? Yeah, that was... Uh, I recommend watching it, just maybe not after going through what we went through uh, You know, a few hours before we yeah. watched the movie. Any other movies kind of jump out to you that you want to recommend or just tear apart? Um, What's that one that I felt... We kind of both fell asleep to, the big In the Storm... Oh, Master and Commander was really good. Yeah. With uh, Russell Crowe. This is an older movie where he's a, you know, a naval ship captain back in, what, the 1700s. I would recommend that. If you haven't seen it, it's on Apple TV. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm just going to take a pause and do a, a sidebar here. We, on top of watching a lot of movies, have also been doing some home changes to keep ourselves busy and keep our minds on things. So we moved Justin into a new office space, which also means new recording studio space. And we currently have our cats scratching wildly at the door. They want to come in and join us on this pod, which they've never really had the access to do before. I told you the issues of me moving up here were going to be a lot. But I love you, and you know if you're gonna use that space down there for good, then it's fine. But 
this is hardwood floors, so it's not carpeted. So I'm worried it might sound a little echoey. I don't have the full area set up yet to optimize recording for the podcast. So if this podcast sounds a little bit different or less clean than normal, I apologize. We're still kind of working through all of that right now, but wanted to make sure we uh, we got this in while we were in a good mindset and you know before we watched another 50 movies to talk about. Which, you know, will happen by next week. True. Yeah, I've been averaging uh, probably two movies a day, give or take. One to two movies a day, so. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't do that. But you also, you know, get creative about your watching. So you're on the Peloton watching movies. Oh, the fans know. The Woo fans know about my (laughs) Peloton movie watching uh, abilities. Yeah. So good luck to you. I will not (laughs) make those numbers, but. That's okay. Is there anything else you would like to talk about on the podcast today, my dear? We, I was one over to watching tennis in this time. I did not really care about watching tennis. When we got home, we watched the Naomi Osaka doc series. And we got it. Which was disappointing, by the way. You didn't get a lot of real in-depth information. It seemed like it was very much produced by her and... And more of a, a very high-level fluff piece than like a real in-depth thing that I was looking for. But it also made me like her a lot more than... Well, not that I didn't like her, but I didn't follow a lot of a lot of tennis recently. So watching that, you're like, oh, this is somebody I could really root for. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with what you said. Um, you know, it definitely looks like they're trying to get her back out in the space in a good light. And I will say for that, it worked because we're both, you know... Wanting to root for Naomi Osaka. And she is either pregnant or just had a baby. Fun Mm. fact. And then, uh, yeah, so we were watching the show Breaking Point. I really... Breaking Point right after we watched the Naomi Osaka. And it seemed you kind of like fell in love with those characters. Oh, I got so into the series. So definitely, definitely recommend. And I got really into watching the players and their journeys. And And if you're not not aware, Breakpoint is... A Netflix, uh, you know, I guess it follows a handful or like a dozen tennis uh, pros around and they record constantly and then they kind of, it's a 10 episode series that happens yearly. It is their version of the F1 Drive to Survive series. And, you know, it got a little pan because there's not a lot of big like stars in it. But I kind of like that piece of it because then you're rooting for some of these underdogs, people that are ranked 40th in the world or 12th instead of just the people that are always at the top. And it worked out timing wise where we finished that show right as Wimbledon was starting. So then we were like, all right, let's just watch uh, Wimbledon matches. And we just finished watching the final today between Novak and, you know, Carlos Alcaraz. So which was a crazy ending. Alcaraz took out. Took out the champ, took him down. He won four straight Wimbledons going into this year. And the 20-year-old new guy, ranked number one in the world, said, not today, good sir. It was a a real fun match to watch. Yeah, that got exciting. And that's something that I would not have, you know, looked twice at before watching Breakpoint. We also also finished Marvelous Miss Maisel, which I don't know if everybody else was still continuing to watch that, but... Really enjoy that show. It's a fun show to watch. The kind of aging up and de-aging stuff was eh, not, not the greatest in this last season. It seems like they kind of patched some stuff together. Thoroughly enjoying it, though. 
I like how they wrapped up the story mm-hmm. and gave it an ending and didn't keep it going too, Correct. too long. We finished a million little things after a long time. That that's a tearjerker, and that's something that we watched that tied into our situation. That the timing did not work out great because they had pregnancy scares in that show as well. Towards the end, if you want to cry, watch the last season of A Million Little Things because it's inevitable. Although it was kind of funny. Who were we trying to pitch it to? Your lovely podcast host, Kayla. And just in the final episodes, it's like, oh, this character is going through this tragedy and then has this challenge. And it was almost comic explaining how... Yeah, it's like a soap opera on steroids is what it sounds like. Oh, this person got hit by a car. Oh, and then they're actually with their ex-wife who left them for their friend and had a baby with somebody else. And then his kid's actually overseas. But now he might be dating the person that hit him and put him in a wheelchair. But this other guy's going through cancer and his wife also went through cancer. And then they almost lost him. I was like, holy shit. There's just every episode. It's like, let's throw one more tragic element at the audience here. But yeah, but they get you. They really do. Then uh, what else? We watched The Great, which is kind of just a fun, you know, Catherine the Great, like watching that on uh, Hulu. Queen Charlotte, I really enjoyed on Netflix. That was fun. That was a a good find for that time. We still haven't finished The Idol yet, so we're going to have to watch the last two episodes of The Idol because that was just too much to get through. It was rough. I wanted to like it so much, but... They made it difficult. And then the show that I've been peddling to anybody that will listen, and I'm sure I'll talk about it with Kayla uh, more in depth on a pod later on, though. Silo on Apple TV Plus, people. Watch it. It is so good. Ten episodes. I think you're on board with me on that. We, we've we been pitching. We should be getting a paycheck from Apple I'm for how them. hard we've been pitching their How are shows? they not sponsoring these podcasts yet? Let's go. Get on that. (laughs) Yeah. Do we have a manager? Somebody reach out to Apple. Tell them we want them to sponsor our pod for a very reasonable fee of just covering our entire salaries for the rest of eternity. What do you think? They could afford it. I would be so on board if that (laughs) could happen. That'd be great. But definitely check out Silo. It's a dystopian drama. I think it was 10 episodes and it's, oh, these people live in a silo underground and they have for hundreds of years, but... Why? They don't know what happened outside. Is the earth uninhabitable? Why are they there? And it's a good kind of makes you think drama. There's some puzzle pieces to it. A lot of really good performances in it, too. You have Tim Robbins is in it. Rebecca Ferguson's in it. So uh, definitely give it a a shot. And this just turned into a commercial for Silo because I just can't not tell people to watch it whenever it comes up. I know. And the biggest complaint about it is some of the actors had trouble with their American accents. But I got to say, that almost made me love it more because (laughs) I did not question about the logistics of like them actually all living siloed and the complications of linguistics. I didn't get into the weeds on that like I am here now. I just enjoyed listening to the different accents fall through. Yeah, so we highly recommend and... I think that's going to kind of wrap up our little uh, show and movie breakdown since we've gotten home. And then we'll just say, uh, you know, a couple uh, couple more words about Bash before we close out this pod. No Swarly of the Week, no Friendship Question of the Week this week. We kind of 
went a little rogue and uh, just tried to do our own thing. All right, dearie, our sweet baby uh, bash little uh, tribute episode here. Do you have any other closing remarks? Just we love you and everyone has been showing their love for our Sebastian and we just have to keep holding him in a different way and hope that and know that it will become more peaceful with time but mm -hmm. he's a part of us he's here and not here and yeah he uh our first will always be our firstborn son and you know couldn't be prouder to be his parents he is the cutest baby i'm just gonna keep saying that over and over and what i'm gonna try to do here if i can do it without crying i'm gonna read the what is this prayer or what we have on the back of the prayer cards from the funeral service that when we were looking for what it should say you came across this and we both started bawling so it is titled an angel never dies don't let them say i wasn't born that something stopped my heart i felt each tender squeeze you gave i have loved you from the start although my body you can't hold it doesn't mean i'm gone the world is worthy not of me. God shows that I move on. I know the pain that drowns your soul, what you are forced to face. You have my word. I'll fill your arms. Someday we will embrace. You'll hear that it was meant to be. God doesn't make mistakes. But that won't soften your worst blow or make your heart not ache. I'm watching over all you do. Another child you'll bear. Believe me when I say to you, that I am always there. <laughs> there will come a time, I promise you, when you will hold my hand, stroke my face and kiss my lips, and you'll understand. Although I'll never breathe your air or gaze into your eyes, that doesn't mean I never was. An angel never dies. <laughs>